G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Because we're going to talk through an issue all about money and with interest rates at historic lows, we might be looking for wisdom on whether we should pay down debt or whether we should be saving and investing. Uh, What about those sorts of questions around getting into the property market? What about shares or managed funds? Is it a good time to be buying a first home? Uh, What about these cycles, financial cycles we'll often talk about, and the challenges that might be ahead of us globally? Well, putting money in the bank isn't likely to give us the return that keeps up with inflation, but for some taking a risk on a less secure investment, it doesn't look like a great option either. So we're going to be talking money today and insights from Darren Laudenbach. He's the founder of God's Money Matters. Darren is a speaker, trainer, mentor, coach and author who worked for three decades as a certified financial planner, and his book, God's Money Matters, outlines biblical keys to financial freedom and, importantly, the art of mind over money. Darren Laudenbach, a special welcome back to 2020. Oh, thanks, Neil. It's uh, great to be able to share again. Uh, Darren, always love our conversations. And uh, just a little insight before we get into the nitty-gritty, uh, let's talk about God's Money Matters. I uh, talked about your book just briefly there, but uh, but you've been doing media all around the place. And uh, what other developments might there be in uh, God's Money Matters at this ta- at this stage? Yeah, that's a good question, Neil. Um, I'm, I'm re- writing currently... Um when I get the time, a revised edition, um, so it'll be slightly updated. Um, most of the principles within it are just sound principles um, based on God's Word, so it didn't need a huge amount of updating, but there's a couple of things that um, you know I've since learned that I'm going to improve in, in version 2, so uh, watch this space. That'll come out at some stage, in, uh, hopefully in the next, uh, th- well, three to six months, <laughs> depending on the kind of time I've got to work on it. Um, and uh, how that plays out. So that's that's the big one um, at the moment, yeah. Uh, excellent. We'll look forward to that. And just before we do venture into some deep waters here, because there'll be some listeners, no doubt, who are saying, well, I'm listening to 2020 today and they're talking about money. I wonder whether I should just be, if I'm interested in money, just go to the financial pages of one of the nation's big newspapers or uh, whether I shouldn't just uh, surf the net for uh, some insights for this, that and the other coming from more secular voices. What's the value, as you say, when you look at sound biblical principles uh, for applying those into a conversation we're going to be talking about today with, with an interest rate, uh, low interest rate environment? Uh, what's so special about the Christian voice here? Well, I think that um, for me, uh, there's a lot of training and education that happens within the financial planning industry, and I went through that for three decades. And much of it is uh, not aligned with God's word, and um, it's much of it is um, to try to um, help, uh, kind of move people into particular financial products. 
And so I just think having somebody from um, uh, you know a different perspective uh, that is not trying to sell anything um, and just trying to give sound financial uh, counsel um, and information uh, from a with a um, you know a biblical worldview um, or a Christian worldview is important. Um, I think the Bible has a lot to say about um, investing and being in um, business, which investing means kind of in being in business. Um, and, uh, you know, we don't necessarily uh, understand uh, today's context in that, and I hope to be able to help with that, to be able to bring, you know, Proverbs and some of the teachings of Jesus um, and others um, in the Bible to a modern-day context. Okay, and no doubt if people are considering investing, the best way, of course, is going to be to find their own financial advisor. But being armed and having those Christian ethics clear in your own heart, in your own mind, understanding a biblical foundation for finance here is going to give you the best edge when you are actually seeking that professional advice because the advice you might be seeking from your financial advisor may not be coming from a Christian-founded source. So actually getting your head around these things, having a Christian understanding of finance, this is a great starting point, Darren. It certainly is, Neil, because if we have those um, strong foundations before we go in, uh, one, we're not going to be uh, manipulated um, in, in, and you know, not that same. I think there's a lot of good people in the industry, um, but good people can still do bad things or, or things that aren't wise and direct people into things that aren't wise. So having a strong understanding of um, uh, biblical principles and uh, what we're really all about in trying to create wealth and preserve wealth, what's that, that, what's that all about to begin with? We don't just get caught up on trying to make it all about us. So I think um, going uh, in with uh, you know eyes wide open um, to meeting a financial planner um, is a is a very good thing, especially with um, with the Christian worldview first. Okay, well, very shortly we're going to open talkback lines and listeners will have an opportunity to perhaps they have their own scenario as to uh, where they might be going and uh, might be looking for an insight or two from you. Uh, there's also uh, opportunity here for listeners to call in and uh, and to be able to offer your thoughts about whether it's a good time to pay down debt or whether this is a time to save and invest. I did mention that on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash vision radio, there is a poll that's operating today and we'll try and give some update on numbers of people who've actually taken part in that poll and get an idea where people might be insofar as their thoughts about whether this is a good time to save and invest or whether it's a good time to pay down debt. Let's get into some of the nitty gritty here and just out with the obvious question at the start of our conversation here, Darren, this idea of uh, it's a low interest rate environment is this a good time to be paying down debt or saving investing what are your immediate Mm. thoughts yeah well we've got two things that are kind of interesting happening at the right now at the moment and that's record low interest rates and yesterday the australian share market hit record highs okay so what an interesting um, time we are in history um, I think that the fundamental answer, and a simple answer, um, and I hope people don't tune out after hearing this answer, <laughs> but um, the simple answer is it comes down to uh, what I would call the sleep factor or, um, you know, can you sleep at night with the decisions you're making um, or are you going to be concerned about it? Um, that's probably number one. So it, what financial planners would call your risk appetite. Now, I think risk is the wrong word. 
Um, but, but it's more, it's about education. And uh, the more educated you are, the better the decisions you can make around this. And so hopefully today we'll be able to educate listeners a little bit more um, and they'll be able to make informed decisions. There is an idea that uh, you simply compare the interest rates that you'd earn from saving money or investing uh, against the interest rate on your debt. Uh, Is this potentially a good starting point for uh, doing the sums on your own financial position to be able to uh, just acknowledge that there might be a particular path for individuals going in different directions here? Yeah, that's right. Well, if you look at um, at the moment, I mean, if we're just going to say, in, uh, well, let's just take off the table investing in cash, um, because in fact, um, in the in the dictionary, it just say that cash is not an investment. So, to me, um, the, let's define what an investment is, so that we can be clear about what we're talking about. Um, my definition of an investment is it must have income, that the investment must produce income, and it must have the opportunity over time to produce capital growth. Now, uh, the t- two typical types of investments that people would be thinking about uh, for this would be property and shares. Both property and shares produce income, property obviously rental income if it's an investment, and it has the opportunity for capital growth. Shares have a dividend, or most shares will have a dividend, um, and the, also over time the opportunity for capital growth. So those two would meet the criteria of investment. Whereas for me, gold is not an investment because it doesn't produce income. Okay. And so it, it may go up or down in value, but it doesn't produce income. So it doesn't meet the two criteria. And for me, I will not invest unless it has those two criteria. That's one of the fundamental things I've learned over time is we must get a yield from our investment. Now, once we understand that, we can start to say, well, I'm not going to compare my interest rate on my home loan to cash interest rates because that's not a that's not a comparison it's not an investment um, and as we know at the moment you might get 0.25 percent on cash as an income there's no capital growth there and we're paying about three and a half percent on our mortgages at the moment okay so let's just stay with mortgages for a few moments here and no doubt there could be some questions that come around mortgages but uh uh, low interest rate environment, I imagine that one way to get ahead is to make sure that you are in fact paying the lowest possible mortgage rate because this is not something mm. that automatically happens with the bank where you have your mortgage. Uh, what is one of those starting points here uh, just uh, in reviewing where your mortgage might be? Well, absolutely. That's uh, one of the things that um, every listener should know is what their interest rate is at the moment. And if it's not Below three percent, uh, below four percent, then they should be making a phone call to their bank. I had um, a person I was speaking to the other day, and they said that they called their bank to ask them um, how it would be, how they could move their mortgage. And the bank said, "Why are you doing that?" And they said, "Well, we can get better deal elsewhere." And the bank immediately dropped their interest rate by 0.5 percent over the phone. Yeah. Now the frustration with that is, why didn't that happen? You know, sometime beforehand. But the good news is they didn't have to make any changes. They could just get 0.5% off, and that's quite a lot. Of, that's quite a lot. So that's one of the first things that um, listeners should do is make sure that their interest rate at the moment on their home loans is below 4%. Uh, for most people, that, that's very achievable, um, and it could be around the 3.5% at the moment. So that's number one for sure. 
Okay. Now, I mean, all sorts of things going around in my mind, and I can't pretend <laughs> to be an expert. And uh, an interesting uh, correlation here when you have people who are calling on governments of the day today, given that there is an, a record low interest rate environment, suggesting that this is the time when governments should be borrowing to the hilt because of the low interest rate environment that they should be able to do to, in fact, put infrastructure in place for the future. That relating to what happens in perhaps the ordinary family financial scenarios, uh, the family home, uh, the investment property, those sorts of things. Is this the sort of thing that perhaps people ought to be considering in a low interest rate environment or is there a risk with a crunch coming? Yes, yeah, certainly. So the bigger, the bigger question is where are we in the cycle and are we, have we got a potential to make a return on our investment first and foremost because we certainly don't want to be borrowing money um, where, you know, and buying an investment uh, where we're going to uh, face some decline in the market. Now, um, obviously, borrowing money magnifies our returns. Uh, that might, those returns, either borrowing money magnifies our losses or it magnifies our um, positive returns. So we've got to be very careful with borrowing money to invest, and we're just, it's, it's good to make sure we're making that a, a very informed and wise decisions. Um, I don't feel that borrowing money... Um, to invest is against God's word from what I've read. I just feel that we've got to make sure that the borrower doesn't become slave to the lender. And, and I think that's more about making sure that we don't get ourselves into too much debt and that the investments we buy, we've got well and truly under control as far as the, the fact that we can afford to pay for them. And in fact, ideally, the investments would pay for themselves. Okay, and that would be a, a foundation in Christian stewardship there, which is uh, not outlawing the idea of borrowing, but uh, stewardship has uh, a responsible attitude to how you actually look at what is borrowed against uh, what is able to be repaid. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. We're talking money today. You're welcome to be part of our conversation, 1-800-316-316. You can also respond on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. There's a poll there today asking about whether you think it's a good time to either pay down debt or to invest. And I can give you the latest. It looks as though 87% are saying it's time to invest, 13% saying it is time to pay down debt. So, uh, Facebook.com forward slash Vision Radio. Uh, love you to take part in that poll and we'll get an idea what listeners are feeling about direction here. And Darren, before we move into some of the options around what you might do if you're investing, why don't we take a call? Roy is on the line from Cairns. Hello, Roy. Welcome along. Hi. Roy, what are your Hi. thoughts for our conversation? Well, I, I agree with uh, our guest. Uh, that, you know, this is, uh, you know, there are issues. You need to consider a whole heap of variables in that. But my question is uh, slightly, maybe, uh, I think it is related, but I'll let you guys make uh, the decision on that. Where does cryptocurrency fit into all of this? Okay. There's growth, there's income. Uh, so, yeah, I'd like some guidance. And if there is anything that, you know, that you guys have in a white paper or whatever that I can read, 
of one of the websites. I'd greatly appreciate any guidance you guys can offer. Roy, good question. Cryptocurrency, because while we talk about traditional investments, there are some new gig economy investments which perhaps have some risks, but uh, let's get some thoughts. Darren, your thoughts on cryptocurrency for Roy? Yeah, thanks, Roy, for the question. Uh, and it is an area that I haven't uh, personally focused a lot on. Um, I do understand it, but I haven't focused a lot on it. And i tell you why I haven't is um, mainly because uh, what actually happens in these type of things over history, and it may not happen to cryptocurrencies, but my my experience is that history, uh, people get excited about particular technologies or um, particular things, and this started way back, um, and it's gone through, you know, including train technologies and uh, infrastructure and all sorts of other booms and busts that have happened with that. What on, happens at the end of all of that ends up being a... Um, uh, the kind of the technology that's going to stay. So for me, I've been kind of waiting on the sidelines, uh, watching what's going on and saying, well, okay, what cryptocurrency is actually going to last, if any? And then um, that will then become important to me as far as um, finances and economy is concerned. As far as investing in cryptocurrencies, um, you know, to me, it's more of a capital gain play. Um, so people are speculating on it going up or down. Um, and my experience is that uh, and research shows that humans aren't really good with speculating. Um, so it, it's very difficult to, to see that it's a true investment um, and not, not a speculation. And so um, my view is that I gave some advice to some young fellas that said, what do we do? We've made some good money on crypto. I said, take out your original capital, leave your profits in there and see what happens. <laughs> and, pretend, and, you know, take out, because you'll never go backwards with that. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's not something that um, I, I recommend people in, uh, invest in unless they're very um, experienced in that and they've done a lot of work and research. Uh, Roy, does that so answer I, your question? Yeah, just uh, the last part of it. Is there any uh, website or uh, uh, research site that you can direct me to to do further? Okay. Yeah, Roy, unfortunately I can't. And so um, there's nothing I can recommend, in, and as I say, because I haven't done a lot of research in this area, and I'm sorry to be um, so unhelpful in this, but uh, it is something that I've, I've waited, I'm waiting for to see what plays out in the longer term um, before I get really interested in it. Okay, Roy from Cairns, thank you so much for your contribution today and an important one because while there might be all sorts of attractive-looking investments or speculative ways that people can spend money on something that may well come off big time. Uh, I suspect uh, the wisdom that we're taking away from that, Darren, is that if you are going to dabble, it's not a wrong thing to dabble, but uh, it would be a risky thing if you were putting all your eggs in that basket when it's an untried, uh, likely, uh, an untried and... uh, uh, you know, it, it is, as you say, quite speculative. So uh, a, a little bit of mm. caution required there and uh, common sense to be applied? Absolutely. And and one of the things we get with a lot of these type of investments is these headlines where people buy something for a dollar and it goes to $20 and they would have made all these millions of dollars. And my experience with investors is that's not actually the reality. Most people who buy in at the dollar would probably sell at 2 or $3 and say thank you very much and then watch it go from there and and maybe regret um, selling so early, possibly getting it when it gets to $10 and it crashes to $8 and lose some money. So it's not something I see as... I'm looking for time-proven, wise investments that I just know are going to 
provide returns over a longer period and that I can uh, reasonably predictably say that I'm going to make a profit um, and that, that um, I can be you know, wise and not have regret as around that investment. Okay, about three and a half minutes out from news. Let's take another call. Wayne is on the line from Mackay. Hi, Wayne. Welcome. Yeah, hello there, mate. How are you? Good, Wayne. What are your thoughts? Yeah, mate, I'm in cryptocurrency and um, different horses for different courses. I've done a lot of different things there and um, I've been in it for about 15 months, but I, I found I had to do a lot of research because there's a lot of scams out there. But being a Christian, what I believe, because I believe that God showed me this and not to take my focus off God and on money and, um, and like, God will show you where he wants you to, to invest that money into people's lives, which my wife and myself are doing. And um, we find it great because we've done the right thing, we've researched on it um, and made sure we got to the right right thing like I go to the meetings on a Monday night there's about 60,000 people in the one that I'm in called Fintegri and um, yeah I haven't had a problem with it I get paid Monday to Friday guaranteed and um, yeah I okay I, I don't don't find a problem with it at all all right uh, Wayne a very quick response from Darren for Wayne yeah, Wayne, good on you. Um, it looks like you're doing the hard work and you've done the research and um, you've got a good focus for why you're doing this because, you know, we're, um, it's blessed to be a blessing, right? We're trying to create wealth so we can bless others. Um, so it sounds to me like you're on the right track. Um, and, you know, as you say, horses for courses. It's, um, it's not for everyone but they've, and there's a bit of work to be done. So it's not an easy – there's no easy wins in investing um, in that type of uh, investment. You need to do the work. Thanks so much for your call, Wayne. Let's get back to some of the uh, typical investments, the tried and true ones, the ones that are a little less risky than uh, those that have been talked about so far. You said, uh, Darren, that if you're going to give some sort of a definition for an investment, it's something that has to earn income, uh, some sort of income potential to it. Uh, Let's talk quickly about options here. Mm, Yeah, so the two core options are shares and property um, that most people would look at. And um, as I said before, shares generate a dividend and property generates a rent. Um, So it meets the first definition of having an income and they both have the opportunity for capital growth over time. And so I suppose the the question is, you know, which one do we invest in, shares or property? Um, And so we can certainly discuss that that, um, more and what the opportunities are and where we are in the cycle. So we have, um, we're informed as far as investment is concerned. Um, You know, ideally we don't want to invest in either of those things where we feel that there might be a market crash sometime soon. And interestingly, because uh, only about 40 seconds to news, uh, the idea Mm. of market crashes, we get to that time of year when they typically happen. Uh, You know, we're almost into August, uh, September, October. Uh, These are sort of risky times. Is it it a risky time ahead, do you think, in general? I think... I think if you look if you if you look to invest short term, it is. Um, if you're looking for the longer term, um, it's we're, we're good for quite a while yet, and we can talk about um, timeframes in a moment. But yeah, it's certainly um, uh, it, we don't want to be investing short term. 
Uh, Darren, just before we take uh, any more calls and uh, talk back line open 1-800-316-316, we were getting into uh, the traditional ways that people might invest, and that is property Mm. and shares. Uh, Let's just uh, focus on that for a few minutes with uh, some of those things that are risks, some of those things that are advantages in in those particular traditional investments right now. What are your thoughts for which one might be a better pursuit? Yes, yeah, certainly. I think uh, for people, diversification is always a good thing. Um, the, the, the wonderful benefit of shares over property is the fact that um, shares are liquid, and so generally you can sell shares and get the money very quickly out of the share market. Um, however, that actually uh, causes a problem often because what happens is people get worried and jittery when the market's uh, are volatile and um, going up and down. And so that ability to be able to get out of those investment, that investment quickly on the share market is actually one of the, the, the um, things that uh, is, is kind of a, uh, a negative in the share investing, whereas property has been proven to create more wealth for Australians than pretty much any other investment. And the reason for that is, be- I think, mainly um, not only because property does grow over time, um, and, and, and does drop over time as well. There's been times where the property markets have been flat or dropped, as we've seen recently. But property does grow over time, and most people can't sell a property very quickly. And so, therefore, the discipline of staying within an investment is there because they can't make those quick moves. Um, so I think there's a diff- they're different in nature. Um, I believe that people should have both where they, where they possibly can. Um, and certainly at the moment, you know, with... Interest rates at you know below four percent, and yields on the share market. So, uh, dividend yields on the share market, on average, on you know ASX 200 type um, all ordinaries index shares, the yield coming off that at the moment is between four and six percent. Um, plus, you'll get some capital growth. Okay, so it's kind of interesting. All right, let's take some more calls. Let's hear from. Conrad in Cairns in North Queensland. Hello, Conrad. Welcome along. Conrad, are you with us? Conrad, you might like to call us back. 1-800-316-316. Let's go to the other end of the nation in the south. Chris is in Victoria. Hi, Chris. Welcome. Uh, Good day, Neil and guest. Yeah, I just want to make a comment. (laughs) To me, the word crypto, well, the word crypt sounds like the grave and death and somehow I associate it with the mark of the beast. So, I can't explain it any further, I think. Um, thing. But also, you haven't mentioned anything about gold or silver. Now, would you invest in those? And how easy is that to convert back if, like, crashes happen? You know, uh, maybe the listeners will be interested in that. Okay. Darren, your thoughts on investing in gold or silver? Yeah, thanks, Chris, for the question. Um, I suppose gold and silver don't meet my definition of an investment. And so that's one of the troubles that I have with it because there's no income coming off gold or silver. Um, It's really a capital growth play. Um, And so because it doesn't meet that criteria, it doesn't say that those things won't grow over time and you won't get a return. It just doesn't meet that criteria. And for me, it's very important to get income along the way to be able to hold the investment for the longer term and uh, the ability for capital growth. So for me and my experience, um, those investments... Uh, well, those uh, commodities are, are not the type of investment I'm looking for um, for the longer term. Um, and really, gold and like people say that gold is a hedge against the markets dropping and, and crashing. 
and that tends to be true. However, having said that, if um, people have said, well, if the markets really crash badly, go to gold. Well, I, I, my belief is that you can't eat gold. Um, so <laughs> uh, if the markets go that bad, um, but people talk about the doomsday sayers, if it goes that bad, um, you want to go to cash and you want to make sure that you've got some tins of food in the, and, you know, some storage of water. So <laughs> um, I just don't see these, are, uh, for most, most people, gold and silver as investments. Okay, Chris from Victoria, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to join in our conversation today in a low interest rate environment, uh, what do you do with your money? Uh, Pay down debt? Save and invest? And just to introduce into here another dimension here, Darren, because uh, while we're talking about traditional investments, uh, one of those other traditional investments may well be in the idea of starting or investing in business, because this is another dimension, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if we think about the share market, and I'm, you know, I don't want to promote the share market over the property market or anything else, but, um, if we look at the share market, what it really is is us investing in shares within a business. Um, now, having said that, we could also invest in our own business, of course, to generate extra income, and that extra income could be used um, to pay down debt. So, um, yeah, absolutely, um, business is an option. And I think, um, you know, and, and, and previous callers uh, like Wayne was talking about the cryptocurrency and the work that he does there. Basically, he has a business. He's a business of crypto membership because he's obviously putting in a fairly significant amount of time and um, so then being paid for that time. And so that's effectively a business. But if you've got a particular interest in something or a passion, I think, fantastic, go for it. Um, you know, start a small business from home if you can and build it as, um, as God blesses it. And interesting when you actually broaden the definition of business there, when you are spending lots of hours every week managing your finances, uh, then you actually have a really a business scenario there, don't you? When you're talking about investing, uh, the sorts of traditional investments we're talking about, those in some sense manage themselves. And uh, this is an important factor, isn't it? Because uh, is there potentially a higher return if you're going to put in all of those hours into your investment portfolio as a uh, as a business, uh, other than just leaving something that's going to uh, to generate income whether you're looking at it or not? Yeah, it's very interesting. You would think that you would get a better return by putting more time in, and certainly you would hope for that. The research shows in the US that the average day trader, the person who's sitting there trading their shares on a day-by-day basis, actually underperforms the index before costs. So we haven't included brokerage in that research, so they'd be paying brokerage. So in fact, they're significantly behind uh, the index. So what they'd be much better off doing is putting their funds into an index fund fund that tracks the index, um, like the S&P 500 in, in the case of the United States or the All Ordinaries Index in Australia, and going out and playing golf. And that'd actually be better off yeah. <laughs> financially. So you don't always get a return um, for your effort uh, with share market investing and trading. Um, so that's why over time, and I've tried all these things, Neil, I've options traded, I've traded daily shares, I've done all sorts of things. And my belief and, and the way in which I do things these days is I invest my money wisely with um, intelligence and an understanding of the bigger cycle, and I leave my money alone. 
I don't play with it on a day-by-day basis. I don't trade it. I don't watch it. I set it, I set it to do its thing, and I go about um, you know, with my normal daily life without worrying about uh, my investments. But they're uh, very passive. Interestingly here, and I'll get your Christian biblical perspective here, because... If you are going to spend hours every day concerned about your investments and uh, the income that you might be deriving from that, uh, it almost gets to a point where if you're working a full-time job as well as doing those hours around your investments, uh, that the the actual investment dollars can actually uh, consume you and uh, be an all-consuming type of pursuit. Uh, I wonder whether there is a, a Christian biblical dimension here as to the pursuit of a life uh, not being actually uh, hijacked by this idea of uh, being governed by money. Well, I, I think you're right. We've got to be very careful about why we're doing it. Um, you know, how much is a very big question. It's a question I often ask people when I'm speaking to them one-on-one. You know, how much money is enough for you? Um, because to determine that up front is really good. You know, start with the end in mind. So how much is enough? Um, and obviously, you know, uh, if you've got the right attitude towards money, if God blesses you abundantly, then you can give more if you have more. So I'm all for that. But uh, I think it be- can become very obsessive. And so we've got to make sure that it falls in line with God's will for us um, and that we're not leaving gaps in, in our parenting and in our care for others and our relationships, because ultimately that's what God's about. He doesn't really care so much for money as much as he does for relationships. Certainly an element of balance in there that we don't often talk about, and uh, I suspect a very important one. Let me just come back to uh, the poll that we've got running on Facebook, and uh, thanks to all those who have responded and actually have uh, put their vote on one side or the other. And interestingly, 90% of people are saying that paying down debt is most important now, uh, rather than investing. 10% saying investing, 90% saying pay down debt. Uh, Is that... You know, because when we talk about pain, then we've we've spent a little bit of time talking about what sort of things you might invest in. Let's come back this other way. The pendulum swings back towards this other side. Uh, are those who have uh, registered a vote? Are you thinking that that's a a pretty fair, wise pursuit that they're doing? Yeah, it seems to me that um, that ninety percent of people. Um uh, are playing the conservative game, and that's totally fine. And uh, if they if they can sleep at night with that, then that's fantastic. I think we've got to be very careful that we um, that we we don't become like uh, the unfaithful steward who doesn't look at the resources they have and then start to use those resources. Um, let me put it this way: a farmer risks every time he throws seeds out on the ground. He, he risks that those seeds will die and not produce fruit and harvest now he hopes that they will and god willing you know you'll get they'll get the rain and all the the nutrients within the soil and they will get a harvest but if they don't plant seeds they'll get nothing except weeds and so uh, i feel that there's this um culture within the christian circles to not invest and not take what we would call risk with investing um, because we feel that's the safe thing to do but um I just don't feel that there's a biblical model for that. So don't get me wrong. I think paying down debt is never a bad time to pay down debt, but it's not the only thing. It's the easy one. It's definitely the easy one, and it's the low-worry one, but it's not going to create um, the opportunities maybe for for a lot of people. They might need to do a bit more research and say, well, actually, I wouldn't mind taking just a little bit of what we might call risk and planting some seeds, an investment, 
um, and, and, and learning about it and seeing how we can make this grow. Um, for me, it's a balance. It's, it's a bit of a balance. Um, when, I can get, when I can see where the market is, the share market is and the property market is, and I can get a higher income than what I'm paying in debt, I'm always going to be looking to invest um, if I understand with we, we, the understanding of the bigger cycle in mind. Uh, I always appreciate this dimension when I'm talking to you, Darren, because uh, you're not afraid of the idea of taking a risk. And uh, quite often, uh, talking about finances when we're discussing these things uh, in a Christian context, we're often talking about uh, a very uh, uh, defensive approach. And uh, so certainly honour to you because uh, risk is not a no-no. And uh, when you bring into that a biblical foundation, talking about the talent, uh, there is a certain sense in which some risk is uh, certainly easily uh, quite acceptable before God when we talk about applying our Christian ethics to it. Let's take a, another call or two and uh, just recognizing how short time is, but let's hear from Andrew in Brisbane. Hello, Andrew. Welcome. Oh, yeah. Good morning, uh, Neil and uh, Darren. Uh, just wanted to ask you, uh, we've, we've lived pretty well for the last three decades. You know, we've had a, a mining boom, a housing boom, a consumer boom. We've done pretty well. Um, but what about the uh, the uh, sort of uh, trade war that's going on at the moment between America and China? How do you think that will affect Australia, particularly when you look at the debts of countries around the world? They seem to be just going up and up. Good question, Andrew. Let's get a response from Darren. Yes, yeah, certainly a trade war. Let's be, let's be clear. Nobody ever wins a trade war. Um, and it's really a distraction, I think, from other things that are going on. Um, I think that's really what it is. If there's a bigger game here at play, and the trade war is not the, the main game, it's not the main battle, but we do suffer from that. Um, there's farmers, certainly, um, well, there's, there's lots of businesses in Australia and the US and other places that are suffering from the trade war, so it's not a good thing, and, um, and nobody wins in the end. That's what history shows. Um, that's not my opinion, it's just the history. Um, it, I think the debt, the indebtedness, Andrew, over um, you know the world is a problem, but not for now. It's a problem in the future, but it's not for now. In the big cycle of things, in the way which um, the, the bigger cycles playing out, we still have quite a bit of time um, in this next boom period, and I believe we're going into another boom period um, up until around about 2026, and that's based on 300 years of history um, in that cycle. And through this period, there'll be much more debt taken on. Um, there'll be much more speculation. There'll be much more wealth created. And then we'll have another GFC. And that will clear things out again. And we'll have all the problems we had with the past, past GFC. Um, the reason I can be confident about that is the US have changed some of the rules already um, that were put in place post-GFC to protect us from having another GFC. Well, those rules have now been removed. So the banking... Um, restrictions and things that were put in place have been removed and uh, we're set up again for another um, boom and we're, then we're going to be set up for another bust and that's my strong belief. Okay, uh, very interesting insights there. Andrew from Brisbane, thank you so much for your call. Let's get another call. Uh, Michael is in Melbourne. Hello, Michael, welcome. Good morning, how are you? Very good. Michael, what are your thoughts? Um, look, I... Um, is it Darren Laudenbar we're talking to? Yes, Darren's our guest. That's correct, yes. Yep. Yeah, how are you, mate? Long time no see. I'm Michael, Michael Estridge from Canberra originally. Uh, oh, good day, Michael. <laughs> yes, we do. Good, <laughs> um, look, good. it's 
a scripture that's been on my mind, and I believe that God's been speaking to me in the last um, couple of days, is that it's a famous scripture, Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Um, mm. I sort of put that as a principle. Um, I put that along as well being led by the Holy Spirit. Um, and some things we um, should invest in, some things we shouldn't. But uh, look, for me, what God's showing me right now is that don't worry about your provision. Obviously, we have to be do the right thing and we have to be astute and whatever. I get that because um, I've invested in a new business as well. Um, but I, I just think, I just want to encourage maybe there's someone there that... Focus firstly on the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then mm. our, our, you know, then then I believe that our paths will be led in the right direction. I mean, it's a tricky time right now. I'm looking at some shares to buy, a few different things like that. But it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I just felt to ring up, and sh- I don't do this very often, and just share that. <laughs> Michael, um, that, um, appreciate you calling in because it raises yeah. something very, very significant. And that is, as Christian believers, our expectation that as we do seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that God does meet those needs, the provision for our lives in a supernatural way. Now, let me just ask Darren here, and this is, I think, what Michael is really reflecting on here. Uh, you know, if you want to sleep well at night, as we were talking about earlier on, uh, with an expectation that God has control over our finances, is there, in your opinion, Darren, uh, some level of divine intervention, some supernatural way that God can bring blessing to the finances of a Christian believer? Oh, I absolutely believe that. I think um, there's two things that I, I, I teach actually around this is that one, God um, works with natural consequence. <laughs> yep. So we should look at history and we should look at practical sense and learning. Um, we should understand how to manage our money in a practical way. Um, and we should pay our debts and we should pay our, and, and not commit, overcommit um, and make sure our, you know, our income is greater than our expenses and all those things that are prudent. And I believe that God honours that when we are, um, uh, when when we, you know, we, He's going to work in natural consequence, the laws of the universe that He put in place. So there's that. But then once we get on in line with that, I believe that He can do supernatural things. And I've seen supernatural things happen uh, where people have outlined their debts, they've contacted the people they owe money to, they've um, uh, broken the, the, that nexus where they've they've found that they haven't been able to speak, speak to those people because of the, the problem with the debt. They've resolved the restored relationship. They've committed to a payment plan, um, and, and, and amazing things have happened um, after, those, after that's happened. You know, people have given significant pay rises or found a new job that gave them a significant amount of money because, remember, when we're good with a little, God will trust us with more, and I believe that that includes our finances. Okay, but thank we have you. To get in line with natural consequence. Yeah. Yes, uh, Michael from Melbourne. Thank you so much for your call. It raised a very important point, and you know what? The time goes by so quick, and uh, we have run out of time. But just to reflect that uh, our final on the poll, ninety-one percent of listeners uh, felt that paying down debt. Uh, was more important right now than the 9% who said to invest. And uh, mm-hmm. I want to just to say uh, appreciate your insights here, Darren, that uh, some level of risk, 
some level of uh, uh, even uh, you know, investment. Uh, when you use that word aggressive, I'm not sure uh, you know some people will interpret that differently. But but this idea of not being afraid of risk when it comes to investment uh, needs to be balanced with this idea of yes, paying down debt is it's a good thing right now, particularly if you're looking forward to capital gain. If you're talking about the family home. But uh, significant things that are happening, a low interest rate environment, of course, uh, housing prices, uh, you know, you'll be looking at uh, those sorts of statistics, how they've been dropping of recent times, all sorts of challenges there. But uh, the share market hitting record highs, uh, there perhaps is some global headwinds, but in the overall cycle process of what's happening in the world today, uh, you're saying, Darren Laudenbach, don't be afraid. Uh, this is a good time to be pursuing proactively uh, those issues of how you might invest your finance. And uh, I hope I've just encapsulated a few things in that and uh, brought some things together at the end of our conversation. I do want to just take us back quickly, Darren, because you're in the process now of a revision of your book. And, of course, uh, as the founder of God's Money Matters, uh, your book, God's Money Matters, outlining biblical keys to financial freedom and the art of mind over money, when might we expect the revised version to be out? Oh, you're putting the pressure on me. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I'm, I'm hoping it would be by the end of the year. Um, and certainly in the meantime, people can go to the website and there's lots of free resources on there and there's an e-course on there that uh, might be helpful to them. Uh, so, yeah, it, while they're waiting, um, <laughs> there's the godsmoneymatters.com website. There's lots of free resources on there and lots of other things that um, they can uh, look at that will be helpful, I'm sure. Well, if anything has happened over this past hour, it's opened up a whole lot of questions, but also brings into the equation for all of us when it comes to our finance, how important it is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I suspect uh, the way you start doing that is by simply including God into your financial affairs. And as you lay those out on the table, as you lay those out across a spreadsheet, uh, just to bring God into that and say, Lord, I need your wisdom as to how I'm going to be pursuing these areas of investment and whether that includes the paying down of debt quickly or pursuing something a little more aggressive by way of investment to bring God into the circumstance. Darren Lautenbach, godsmoneymatters.com. I'll point listeners to that. Thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020. Thanks again for having me, Neil. It's been a pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.